0: Welcome to the CultureWise podcast, where God's good news meets the Latter-day Saints with wisdom and grace. Here, we aim to discuss topics relating to how followers of Jesus can more effectively reach Latter-day Saints in their relational networks. My name is Daniel Schugart, and I'm joined today by Mark Parsons and Brian Urbanek. Mark has been on our podcast before, and if you haven't heard that episode, I really encourage you to go back and find that episode to listen to it, where he shared some incredible insights on how to specifically share the gospel and what to focus on when thinking about gospel sharing with Latter-day Saints. But today, uh, I'm joined also by Brian. And they are the director and producer of this new project called Jesus is Enough Project. And so I'm looking forward to hearing all about it and sharing it with you, the audience. Um, so Mark, Brian, what can you tell me? What is this Jesus is Enough Project?
1: Wow, that, that is a that is a big question. Where, where, to, where to even start? So for those that may be um, less familiar with Truth and Love Ministry. Uh, We are a Christian outreach um, that has a twofold mission of proclaiming Christ to Mormons and empowering Christians to witness. And traditionally, we've done that through a website called tilm.org, which is our Christian training side of the ministry. And then another website called beeperfect.org, which is the direct proclamation to Mormon side of the ministry. And I joined the team about three years ago, right when they were starting that Be Perfect ministry. And it's gone very well. Um, we've We've taken a very non-confrontational approach. Um, We don't even use the word Mormon or Latter-day Saint. We never talk about Joseph Smith or the Book of Mormon. We're really just trying to uh, use what we call shelf issues or stress points in order to help people see there may be something to reconsider with the current faith system that I'm in, but ultimately we want to show them the truths of God's word and point them to the sufficiency of Christ. about a year and a half ago, um, I started sensing that maybe there is another opportunity to witness to Mormons, not so much the deeply ingrained Mormons that we were trying to reach with the Be Ye Perfect website that would be very much offended by anything they would consider anti-Mormon, but mm-hmm. to explore a new group of individuals, and I wouldn't say a new group, but a growing group of individuals that have one foot in and one foot out the door of Mormonism. Um, for those that are familiar with Mormon outreach, maybe you're, you're familiar with the idea of the shelf, where Mormons throughout their life are told, if you have something that you're doubting, doubt your doubts, put it on a shelf, and eventually in the great fireside someday in the celestial kingdom, all of your doubts will be answered. And we have just been meeting more and more folks that are in this place where their shelf is so full that they've been doubting their doubts maybe for 10 or 20 years, and their shelf is starting to crack or is completely cracked. And now they're standing at the back door of Mormonism wondering, what do I do? Um, I've realized something isn't right, but my entire world is connected to the culture of Mormonism. Mm -hmm. Where do I go? And so we were just starting to sense these people aren't really being reached. Um, Many leave Mormonism. It's hard to find the specific stats because the Latter-day Saint church isn't going to share those of how many leave the church and become atheist or agnostic. And so we started to realize like there's a whole group of people that is leaving Mormonism, but they're not leaving it for biblical Christianity. What if there was a way that we could head them off at the pass? Because many of them are going to podcasts like Mormon Stories Podcast, which you would think like, oh, it's tell stories about people that have left Mormonism. But 99% of those stories are about people that have left Mormonism and have become atheists. And so we started to explore, what if we could create, at the time, a an audio podcast that would try to reach Mormons with ex-Mormon Christian stories? and we started to explore what that would look like. I actually met with you, Daniel, and your um, partner, Ross Anderson, and a few others to kind of say, what would this look like? Do you have any people we should reach out to and tell their stories? And shortly after that, I was with a friend who said, Mark, like, if you wanted to do this big, what would this look like? And I said, well, this would look like a full-length docu-series that's a video format Mm -hmm. rather than audio. And he said, well, then let's do that. And so we started looking for someone to help us do that. Um, to make a docu-series telling ex-Mormon stories in a non-confrontational way, not an expose, but a way that would show how God brought these people on a journey out of Mormonism into biblical Christianity in order to proclaim Christ. So started interviewing different production companies and the sticker shock uh, was one thing that made me say, I don't think this is ever going to mm-hmm. happen. And also we just weren't finding Someone that was excited to tell this story. Um, They were like, oh, we're going to do like a um, Scientology or an expose, like some of those things. Like they were excited if it was an expose. When we told them, no, this is all about law and gospel proclamation, they didn't want to do it. And it Mm -hmm. was then that one of our staff members said, Mark, I think I may have a guy. Um, I met him um, locally or recently at a college, and I think you should reach out to him. And his name is Brian, and he's with Goldwing Productions, and I think he might be the right fit. Um, and that's when I reached out to Brian Urbanek and pitched this idea. And I'd love for him to kind of tell you about like his initial thoughts on hearing, you know, he's a Christian, he's a filmmaker, he does a lot in this space, but why did he want to be a part of this story?
2: I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to kick it over to him. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Well, you know, as soon as um, Mark, you know, brought the idea to me, I thought, wow, what a really neat opportunity to combine um, two of my own personal passions, uh, which is filmmaking and also reaching the lost. Um, and what an uh, incredible opportunity to be able to do those things at the same time and put those two things together, because there is no greater um, opportunity that we have than to tell some, someone about Jesus. And then for me to be able to also use my um interests and my skills and abilities that, that God has given me on the filmmaking side of things, um, this sounded really, really neat. Um, and so yeah, we uh we kept talking and he was telling me more and more about the project and uh sounded very exciting. And um the 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 ability to to be able to tell um personal stories is really um what you know my biggest interest is in and, and what my production company focuses on. Um there's there's just a really um it's it's really neat um, when someone is willing to open up to you um, and be vulnerable to share their story and in this case it's for such an important reason um so that those who um, are lost and who are struggling and who are burdened by sin and guilt and shame can come to know by the grace of God about the true biblical Jesus and the free gift of grace that he gives to all of us so I was hooked yeah, so as a as a filmmaker,
0: I'm sure you have many opportunities you could have taken other jobs and but this one in particular caught your attention. What was it about it that drew you in and made you say I want to commit to this and be a
2: partner in this? Uh, with my video production company, we have um, the wonderful privilege to be able to work with um, all sorts of different types of Christian organizations, uh, local churches, Christian schools, Christian nonprofit organizations, national church bodies, that sort of thing. And um, the type of content we produce for those organizations are usually promotional, fundraising, or uh, once in a while we have the opportunity to proclaim the gospel directly through our work and um that is the exact type of project that that Mark was talking about um to be able to preach the gospel directly to people who desperately need to hear it and um so when he he mentioned that then um that's uh, that sounded very very exciting to me and when he was excited about it, I was excited about it. So, <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. And Brian, you're not super connected to Mormonism. You've not you've not been Mormon. Um, that's not a huge part of your background. So, what what are some of your reflections as you've been learning and gaining understanding and hearing some of these stories? What's what's really standing out to you about the culture, their beliefs, and the transition that they're facing?
2: Yeah, uh so I'm based uh way out here in Wisconsin and uh you know grown up and and lived most of my life here and so growing up I really only knew one um Mormon and you know it was I was a teenager and so we didn't just we'd happen we didn't happen to have a lot of uh, discussions about that so mm-hmm. as I got to learn more about um the LDS Church and their beliefs and that sort of thing while working on this project um it was very eye-opening to me um I I thought I had like a a decent understanding of it all but I really mm-hmm. did not I had zero understanding and you know Mark can attest to that I'm sure just by some of the questions I was asking and it, it was a little so, bit yep. as it was pretty much as soon as he picked me up from the airport in 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 Boise that you know I I started you know spewing out the questions but then every single answer that Mark gave me led me to another question I was like mm-hmm. wait if but and, and the thing that has most um, intrigued me is um, this idea that um, it seems to be that uh, in the LDS church, um, they use some of the same vocabulary um, that we might use in Christian um, churches, but they have totally different meanings. And so um, I think I asked Mark one question related to like heaven, and he was like, well... You know, the thing that, and, and so I I didn't understand. I, I kind of thought that like it was, you know, their goal was to, to see how they could get to heaven. Right. Um, but it's much more complicated than that than I realized. Mm -hmm. Um, also the definitions of terms like grace and the atonement and salvation, um, very, very interesting to me. Then I didn't expect there could possibly be another definition for what grace is, for example, um, And in that, it has really helped me to be able to communicate and articulate more clear uh, what it is that I believe as a Christian and what the Bible says about um, some of these important truths, like what grace is and salvation and that sort of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is really helpful to see. It's fun to hear someone who has more fresh eyes and and uh, can share their reflections on it. So thank you. Um, Mark, I'd love to hear a little bit more. You started to share some about just the motivation for this project, but tell me, what, what problem were you seeking to solve or what gaps were you hoping to fill with this
1: project? Yeah, so I, I think one of the things that throughout the time that truth and love has existed proclaiming christ to mormons and empowering christians to witness that even our leadership has always sensed was there is something missing and one of those key ingredients was an ex-mormon voice and and i understand that for so many people that are leaving whether it's a belief system or any sort of a cultural system as they are acclimating into a new world they often sing seek out people with similar life experiences and mm-hmm, so many mm-hmm. of my ex mormon christian friends have told me that on their way out they relied so heavily on other at that time ex mormons many of them christians that were really valuable in that process they understood the unique dynamics of the language and helping mm-hmm. them process you know because they would start talking to christians who would say salvation or or grace or faith. And they'd be like, oh yeah. So they already believe all these things when they did, they they had completely. And so just the importance of ex-Mormons being involved in this. But I I think what we also saw was often when ex-Mormon stories were being told, one of the key ingredients that was also missing was a proclamation of the gospel at the same time. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I joined the ministry within a few weeks. I had seen on Netflix a series called The American Gospel that yeah, is yeah. really based on the Word of Faith movement. Benny Hinn's um, nephew, Costi, really headed this up, um, really showing what's wrong with the Word of Faith movement. But what I thought was just incredible and like a masterpiece was they didn't do it as an expose um they did it in a way that we're going to show you what's right about true mm-hmm. historical biblical christianity and they did it by telling stories of people who had been trapped in the that that movement but also had been brought out of it and how the gospel was a part of that. So the American gospel, the broken American gospel was fixed by the true biblical gospel. And I thought, what if we just did something similar to that with the Mormon gospel? And originally I had reached out to them and they said, oh, we got so much content with the word of faith movement that we've got like five to 10 years worth of content, maybe someday. Um, I think Costi is now actually in... Uh, Gilbert, Arizona, surrounded by Mormons. So I think he's starting to do some Mormon outreach now himself. Um, So that's a conversation for you and Kosti on another day, I'm sure. Uh, But yeah, we we really started to say, all right, so we've got these two key components. We've got the ex-Mormons telling their stories where they understand the challenges of leaving not just the church, but the culture. And then this key component of making sure that the story of the Gospel predominates in this, because for many, even of my ex-Mormon friends in this whole interview process, um, they're like making connections that they had never made before of like, wow, it was when I heard this Christian song or when a friend shared Mm -hmm. this Bible verse that all of these connections started to be made. That maybe they they had never really thought through, and so often in this Brian, I, I haven't hasn't it felt like sometimes we're almost like therapists in a sense of like helping people kind of understand their own stories, and like we'll even stop sometimes they're like, "Wow, this is really cathartic for me just to to talk through this." And I think what they were seeing is maybe they had not identified all of the ways in which God was working in their life for. Gener or decades even before they actually had their shelf break, and so what we really want to be able to do is ultimately proclaim the gospel, um, help explain key biblical concepts from a biblical perspective, and then mm-hmm. point them towards where to find support. Uh, we may not be able to provide that support ourselves as an organization, but we're going to point them to people on that are listening to this podcast that maybe for for years have been trying to witness to Mormons that are deeply ingrained. And now they're like, I I want somebody that actually wants to talk to me and have like a really good biblical conversation. I got to have one of those with a, a just recently turned LDS um, elder missionary this last weekend. They're so fun when like they're Mm -hmm. asking the questions that you're like, yes, you're asking the right questions. So we want to provide that opportunity for Christians, like those listening right now to be able to have those really valuable first and second level conversations with Mormons
0: mm-hmm. yeah just recently our our ministry Faith after Mormonism had our annual conference and at the conference um, my wife and I were talking to um, a couple people that that both said how refreshing it was that this conference was actually able to bring something to the table. They had been to other events, other conferences they have heard a lot of media that is really tearing down Mormonism. And they've Mm. already heard that. They already get it. They've already left Mormonism. And so they're, they're, tired of the table being wiped, the table being cleared, and what they really felt like they needed. And they were appreciating about what we were able to provide is that we were bringing something to the table. We were actually bringing the gospel. We were bringing a confidence in the Bible. And they they, they were really refreshed by that. So I affirm that's a huge need. It's definitely a gap. And I'm grateful that you're trying to step into that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in this whole process, that's one of the things, even as we're writing the scripts or we're writing supplemental written content, we're we're really trying to say like, rather than like saying what's wrong about Mormonism, let's just keep reminding ourselves of what's right about biblical Christianity, because we don't want people's shelves to break and crush them. Um, Eventually, we, we obviously want the shelf to break and the burden of Mormonism to to show people that this isn't working, but if they have not had their lives built on the foundation of Christ and Christ alone, or at least have some sort of relationship with him, they're just going to throw everything aside. We're really with Jesus is enough. When that shelf breaks, we are saying, let's push aside all of this clutter, all of the history of Mormonism, all of the things that are negative, And let's hold back up this one thing that was supposed to be at the center of it all, all along jesus and let's re-examine that don't take him to the curb with everything
2: else and the really nice thing too about the approach of this project is that you know we're simply telling the stories of people who've already gone through this journey you know it's not trying to point the finger at um the lds church but hey these are folks who have walked uh this process and this journey and and here's their story and really letting them tell it yeah, that's really good. So tell me more about who
0: these people are that you're hearing the stories from. Where Where is the content for the Jesus is Enough
1: project actually coming from? Well, once again, what I love about this project is it's a collaboration of mm-hmm. opportunities to connect with ministries like yours, Daniel. So the very first woman whose story is going to be told, and we actually have a short video or audio clip that we can share with you. Her name is Janae Willie. And she was mm-hmm. actually the very first ex-Mormon Christian I ever got to have a conversation with an interview when I joined the team. And that's thanks to a connection from Ross Anderson of Faith After Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He said, I, "I as I was learning Mormonism, I said, you know what? I can read books. I can talk to my mentor, Mark Cares. I can do all of these things, but I need to talk to people that have lived this. And Janae ah. became a dear friend and just helped me see things with Different eyes, and so she is one of those stories that we're going to tell. She lives here in Boise, Idaho. It's an incredible story that we can't get wait to get out to the world. But after I met Janae, I I realized like I got to hear more of these, and so we started at that time just doing a very simple um, kind of Zoom webinar where I would interview um, ex Mormon Christians, and during that time, just started to meet people that just. The way in which God worked in their lives needed to be told in other ways. And so just continue to build those relationships. Um, when I was at your conference last year, Faith After Mormonism, I reconnected with Eric and Emily Briggs, who have been presenters there. Yeah. They, We can't wait to tell their story. Uh, we are actually telling theirs in three episodes. Uh, we went in with the idea we're going to just tell it in one episode. And it's such an incredible story. It's going to be three just for them. So three of the nine episodes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Will be based on their stories. Um, so we've we've got uh, a young man in Twin Falls, Idaho, that really left the church when he was about eighteen. Is now a uh, Baptist pastor. Um, his story is fascinating, complex. Um, Jake Miller is another one that I was connected to through um, another Christian outreach. Um, Bishop Earl Erickson connected me with him, and so just as I was starting to put a short list and a long list together, reaching out to folks saying like, do you have a good story to tell? Um, Do you have someone that you know that has a good story to tell? And so we really were trying to find as a diverse set of stories that we could afford to travel to at this point. Um, One of the holes that Brian and I are both well aware of is this will be a very American um, season. We we may have a Mm. a, a second season or a third season. This first season is pretty American. Um, men and women from America, but they all look the same, um, very much so. And so eventually we realized that Mormonism is global. So we'd love to maybe travel to the Philippines, travel to American Samoa, travel to Hawaii, travel to Morocco um, or, or Nigeria and, and film what what someone's story is. But each time we, we started interviewing them, there were parts of their story that I never had heard before. That I was like, wow, that's now the central focus of the story. Or maybe I went in thinking like, it's going to be this, that is going to be the sole focus. And God was like, nope, it's this, that is the sole focus. So uh, yeah, really just uh, God, for some reason, has gifted me with the gift of networking and the ability to just reach out and ask questions and connect with people. And so he's used that a lot in this process of pointing us in the right direction.
0: It's great that... Um, so many of the people being interviewed are not high profile people. They're not household names. They're just everyday people who oh, have walked yeah. the journey and are experiencing life transformation in Jesus. And here's a platform for them to share their story. It's going to be so encouraging to everyday people where there
2: are countless who are in this environment right now. One of the many things I've learned on this project is that, uh, mark really does know everyone and so (laughs) i've thrown out names of certain people and he has connections with them or he knows them or he knows how to get connected with them which has been a huge plus with you know putting this project together of course but but basically the the overall structure of 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 all this is it's a a nine-part series and each different part or episode is focusing on the story of one individual person except for um, the three-parter that he mentioned, um, uh, because their, their stories happen individually. And then the, as they come together after, at, you know, when they get married, then their stories continue, you know, together. Mm-hmm. And, um, th- that's a really neat one too, especially because both of those guys, they're, they're just great storytellers. And so it was really neat, um, just to, to sit there and listen to them in the interview, um, just go on. And, and certainly, you know, like the, the way that, um, this, this whole project will be um, put together as well as, is not simply just a, a raw interview that's kind of slapped into something, but really working hard to um, craft a narrative um, with, you know, rising actions and falling actions and climaxes because of the nature of them, there's kind of two different climaxes. There's, there's the one where, you know, that their, their shelf first breaks and they're like, I'm out of the Mormon church, but then it usually Mm -hmm. takes a while, of course, before, you know, they, they, before, you know, God is working on their heart in a way that they're able to say, I'm in all in to Jesus. And so it's 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 really neat to be able to um to have had these conversations with Mark as we're discussing all of these stories and and have developed a shorthand for all of you know sort of the overall journey that these folks have taken. You know, of course, um everyone's journey is different and unique and special. Um but there's these certain um big, big moments, you know, in mm-hmm. in, in all of them. So yeah, and we, we, yeah. we
1: learned so much in this process as far as what it takes to tell an ex-Mormon Christian story, because both Brian and I had some experience in putting together like short, little, like five to seven minute, like testimonial stories of people that maybe weren't mm-hmm. anything. And now they're Christian. Um, that yeah. is so different than telling a story of someone that was Mormon. And now is christian and so i went into this even thinking like oh we can we can do a six hour interview and condense that into 30 minutes and do it justice <laughs> And yeah. very quickly, even after the first interview, in the back of my mind, I was like, there's no way we can tell that story in 30 minutes. And so they've grown much longer. So they will be, some of them, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, more, more close to like a feature length film length than your traditional 35 to 45 minute episode of a docu-series. But these stories, some of them cover 25 years or more. And so to do that in 30 minutes and really bring people on a similar journey that this person experienced. So that's that's one of the the storytelling techniques that I'm really trying to emphasize in this mm. is we yeah. want the mormon that is watching this to experience the same law and gospel moments that the person lived. For example, you know, someone going to an apostate Easter service in Germany on Easter Sunday and not wanting to be there. And all of a sudden they hear a sermon about the true gospel and they're singing the hymn, nothing but the blood of Jesus, not the good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus, um, not my worth, but his, and it just, we're going to recreate that. We're going to, we're going to have music playing. That's nothing mm-hmm. but the blood we're, we're going to have, you know, different elements entwined in this that, that brings us to another one. Um, I know many of these stories um of chris or ex-mormons music was a a big part of it and so we're we're making use of really really solid lyrical music um it'll be unfamiliar to most of them um because Mm. a lot of it is modern hymnody that is just packed with christ-centered focus um and we didn't want to necessarily use familiar christian hymns that maybe are in their Mm. hymnal because we want to let them hear something brand new so right now one of the things brian and his team are working on, on kind of getting to the finish line with the first episode is really integrating all of that musical content, lyrical musical content into it.
0: Yeah. you were you were beginning to touch on a question I had, uh, and I know that we want to play a clip in a minute, but before we do that, I'd love to ask more. Um, how has this process changed you, but both, both Brian and Mark, what,
2: what has walking this journey done in you? I I think for me, like I touched on before, um, the ability to be able to communicate my faith so much more clear now. um, Because, you know, there's this idea that when you can communicate what something is not, then you can sometimes communicate it a little bit easier as to what it Mm. is. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been learning through this process. You know, I've been learning that grace is not... A little bit of extra help from Jesus after you've already done everything you can. Yeah, grace is the full, undeserved, free gift that Jesus gives us. Um, and so that, so like I mentioned, you know, here in Wisconsin, I'm not surrounded um, by Latter-day Saints uh, who are either in the church or recently out of it, like like you guys are. But I am surrounded by people who. Maybe they were a part of a Christian church and not so much anymore, um, and and they don't really have a, a strong faith. Maybe they never have been a part of a Christian church before, and maybe they just have questions about life and God and the Bible. And because of this project, I'm able to communicate what I believe and what the Bible says much, much clearer. Beautiful, beautiful. Love to hear that, Brian.
1: Yeah, I, I think both on a, a personal and professional level, this this has been just a gift from God. Um, I, I think every time Brian and I would walk away from spending three or four days really in the homes and the lives of these individuals, I, I felt blessed myself that, that God is allowing us to curate these stories um, mm-hmm. that he is going to use to impact lives. And I think one of the biggest takeaways for me as someone who spends his days guiding a team that is really focused on seed planting ministry, where Mm -hmm. we are out proclaiming the gospel with abandon. And we don't always see the results. This process has helped me see the importance of that, that every single conversation you as a Christian are having with your Mormon friend does matter. It really does. And Mm -hmm. in each of these stories, it's the connections that these individuals are making to that one conversation that a Christian friend had with me that planted a little bit of a seed. That later on, I heard something in sacrament meeting or in general conference that didn't match up with what my Christian friend had said. So I went back to that Christian friend and asked them to tell me more those little seeds that were planted by the Christians that God said, you know what, you, you, you barely got it into the soil, but I'm going to do the rest here. And mm-hmm. the importance, and this is really from a, another ex-Mormon who, whose story has been told and, and will be being told hopefully on the, the big screen here soon, Michael Wilder. Um, and he, he always said, Mark, when you talk to your Christian witnesses, let them know that they're a link in a chain. That Mm -hmm. that God can use each one of them and they don't know if they're the first link in the chain, the last link in a chain or the middle link in a chain. And this has allowed me to see that and experience that and start to see like, wow, that person was just a little, little tiny link, but if they weren't the link, then the whole chain doesn't work. And so Mm -hmm. for those of you listening right now, just, just take heart. God is good. His word is powerful, trust in the, that's another one, trust in the power of the word. There's not a single one of these stories that we would be telling if it wasn't because of the power of God's word. Um, There are times as Christian witnesses where we convince ourselves that we can rationalize someone into the kingdom of God through debate or some great apologetic method without using the word of God. And we are leaving our most powerful tool, the dynamite of the gospel, the dunamis of the gospel, we are leaving at home. And this has just reinvigorated me to say, we've got to rely on the, the thing that God tells us is effective. And I, I think, Brian, we, we've just been blown away by, by the power of the word in this and, and what God is doing. So it's so encouraging to see, preach the word, speak the word with truth and love, and God is going to do the work.
0: Yeah, let's he- let's hear that uh, little clip that you had set up.
1: Yeah, so this this is Janae Willie's story. Um, Janae is um, just this incredible story that er- is really a forced adoption story, as well as a coming to Jesus story, um, all in one. And we realized we couldn't tell one without the other because they're so intimately connected. And mm-hmm. so. Um, It turns out that eventually it is one of Janae's daughters, a a young girl named Zoe, that is actually going to help her identify what the real issue is with the Mormon gospel. Um, One of of the real issues with the Mormon gospel. So for for a long time, Janae had kind of been in and out of the church. Things had happened that had driven her away. Things happened that they pulled her right back in. But what you're going to hear is a clip of a conversation that she has that Brian and I are kind of identifying as like, this is the moment when the shelf goes crack and uh, t- t- uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Brian, but like, even you're, you're going to try and work in like a sound of a, a crack that maybe isn't in this yet. So Brian, I want to let you kind of set this up too in your creative process. How have you been thinking about this clip and how it's so important in the story?
2: Yeah. So at this point in Janae's story, like Mark said, um, Janae is still, kind of like back and forth between the LDS church and not like she has a ton of doubts. Um, And and at this moment um, she's not going herself, um, but she's sending her daughter Zoe to church uh, with her parents every week, because um, for some reason she She feels like it's good, a good thing for her daughter to be going to church. And so this uh clip is of janae um speaking about a conversation that her and zoe had in the car after janae picked her up um after church one morning when when zoe was a little kid you know i'm guessing six, seven, eight Four years or old, five years like ago really, yeah. okay yeah
3: so every time i sent zoe with my parents to church afterwards i would always say in the car you know what did you learn about church today and it was really an awesome opportunity to have a conversation with her about God and to see what was going on in her little mind. And I was always fascinated because she had these grand ideas. Like, it was just so crazy to me that a child could understand things. And um, this particular week, she just said, well, mom, I learned this song and I'm going to sing it for you. And I was like, "Okay," And she started singing Follow the Prophet. And like I like it that welling up in me just was like so angry and I immediately was like what in the world have I done that is so wrong And I immediately had a thought that we should not be following the prophet we should be following Jesus I mean it, it was all these things happening in my, in my life at that time where God was working on my heart, that my eyes were starting to open and see that the Mormon church isn't good for us and the Christian church is where we need to look.
2: Brian, I got
1: chills. Thanks.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that it's one that'll really resonate with, uh, our target audience for this series of, of folks who are, um, you know, one foot in one foot out of the LDS church. Yeah. Yeah. This can be really powerful storytelling
0: tool thanks for working on it guys you're welcome so how how can we use this resource how can listeners use the jesus is enough project as a resource Uh, how how can we promote it so that it can be influential and and actually accomplish the goal that we're hoping it does
1: yeah no thanks for being willing to help us do that um so the primary target audience for the 9 episodes of the docu-series Jesus is Enough is struggling Mormons and we want to find as many ways as possible to get their eyes and ears on these stories. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we are going to be creating a website, jesusisenough.org, where there will be a landing page for each of the individual stories. Um, With those, there'll be the the big docu-series, there'll be some smaller Q&A type pieces, there'll be supplementary content that takes a deeper dive into Bible stories that are mentioned um, in the context of an episode. There will be key biblical terms that are mentioned in the episode that we'll take a deeper dive yeah. into. Yeah, there will be music playlists um, that people can take a deeper dive into. And so, what we're really looking for, Christians like those listening today, is number one, we need your prayers. Uh, we are we are battling against the forces of the evil one right now to get this to the finish line. And so we need your prayers. Um just so many things happening that are trying to prevent this from from going forward. And and I'm fully convinced that Satan doesn't want this to see the light of day. So prayer, prayer, prayer uh, is most important. Um and then we we could just use support when these episodes start to come out for you to find ways to share them. We will be conducting a number of in-person launch events in the Intermountain West. If you're a pastor or a layperson that's listening to this right now, and you you are just like, "Wow, this sounds amazing, Mark." Um, we'd love to be a part of this. Reach out to us at, at Truth and Love, and we'd love to set up an opportunity to do. A video, like we come and show a, a full-length episode. We're going to be creating study guides for Christians um, to use in small groups and large groups to kind of work through an episode. And it'll be very simple. Probably even maybe the same guide for each one. Like, what were the stress points this person was experiencing? Forgiveness, worthiness, perfection, whatever it is. Uh, what were the the main points of? the biblical law that affected them? What are the main points of biblical gospel that impacted them? So really helping engage Christians in that way. Um, Come January, when this Lord willing launches, we are going to be looking for hundreds and hopefully thousands of Christians that are going to help us with kind of a, a social media blitz of, we're going to be providing very short little video and audio and just graphics saying, like, what if Jesus is enough? What if it isn't about prophets? What if it isn't about additional scriptures or revelations? Just simple questions that people can just throw up on their Facebook wall or throw up on Inst- not throw up, put on Instagram um, that just will lead people to this website to just start getting some interest. Uh, we're looking for people that are innovators, though, um, in marketing that, that might want to reach out to us and say, hey, I've got an idea for this or somebody that's got access to a billboard uh, along the interstate that we can just put, okay. what if Jesus is enough? So we're, yeah. we're, we're confident that God is going to send us the right people at the right time. If this is part of his plan for rescuing souls trapped in Mormonism, but for folks like you, um, we're, the, the website, jesusisenough.org, will be going up sooner than later right now. If you want to kind of continue to learn more about it, go to our truth and love website, tilm.org backslash J-I-E. And you can learn a little bit more about how to get involved. Um, coming in the month of November 2024, we're going to be putting up additional kind of pre-launch resources, um, kind of early interest content for folks to say how can i help more in this whole process
0: yeah so that url that you just mentioned is is that how people could get connected to hear some ongoing updates on how it's coming and and you said lord willing january it's it's planning to
1: release that that's the plan so right now that page when we're recording this in early october of 20 23 is more of a like support this financially, but it's going to be increasingly more like support this in all sorts of different ways. And Mm -hmm. you'll Mm -hmm. be able to get on our email list for, you know, how to, how to set up a launch event at your church, but do not hesitate. Like I'll, I'll give you my email right now that you can share too. So markp at tilm.org, markp at tilm.org. If you're interested in the launch event, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you.
0: Right. right, that's super helpful. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to share it.
0: Yeah, is there anything else that either of you would like to share?
1: I think this: we need each other in in witnessing. Um, so if if you're doing this all alone, find somebody to build you up and support you in this, because we're in a battle. Uh, we're in a battle for souls, and if you try to go this alone. Or if you try to go this in a way where you get distracted from what the true purpose of evangelism is, that's when Satan's going to grab a hold of you and, and use it not for good, but for evil. And so as a Christian witness right now, I just encourage you, find brothers and sisters in the faith that can support you in this. Because it when you're in the trenches witnessing, whether it's just to a friend or a family member, that can get so hard. Um, if you feel like you've been talking to a brick wall for years, you need the mutual encouragement of the church. And then just mm-hmm. to fill yourself yeah. up with the gospel. You know, For me, hearing these stories has drove me deeper and deeper into God's word, deeper into his grace and the goodness that he and he alone can provide. So if you're not filling up on God's word in order to go out and share God's word, that's when Satan's going to have an inroad and he's going to start working in very manipulative ways.
2: One thing that I'll throw in is within the conversation of witnessing Christ and reaching out to others with the love of Jesus, it's not just important, but it's vital that we learn to speak the language of the other people that we're trying to speak to. And I don't just mean Mm -hmm. like English or Spanish or, you know, Mormonese, right? Um, And knowing those vocabulary words, although that's really, really great too, but you have to be able to first understand people before they're going to open up and give you a chance to tell them what you believe and by consuming this content of jesus is enough that's one way Mm -hmm. that us christians can start to have a glimpse into the lives and the minds of the hearts of of these people who think they know jesus and they just don't and it's not their fault. That's, that's what they've been told, you know, and, and it's, we have sometimes the opportunity to tell them who the true biblical Jesus is. But before we can do that, we first have to be able to understand, truly understand them. Um, And this is a great opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Mm -hmm. just echo
1: that. You know, Daniel, I really appreciate what this podcast is all about. The idea of becoming culture wise is really all about biblical contextualization of the gospel. And as you do that, when you learn about someone in their culture, it's not so that you can use what you've learned about them as a weapon against them, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. you're using it as a window A window that allows you now to say, wow, I never knew. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for helping me understand where you're coming from so that now I can love you where you're at. Not where I just thought you were at, but where Uh you're actually at so that you can speak in an intelligent and loving manner.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for those encouragements and exhortations. I I really appreciate it. And and thanks again for joining today. Thank you for sharing about this project and all that God is doing through it. Thank you. Very privileged to be able to do it. Again, this is the Culture Wise podcast where God's good news meets the Latter-day Saints with wisdom
3: and grace.